Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at, at First, first Listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Do you love Selena? Like, really love? Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to Stan, the Queen of Tejano. And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. Hey, it's Clay Travis. I want to thank you for the millions of Outkick the Coverage podcast downloads. So here's a little extra gift for you. We've compiled the very best Animal Thunderdomes from the past few months and put them together for a Greatest Bites edition. Thanks for always tweeting in good stories you see for us to use during Animal Thunderdome. Keep them coming as humans try and keep the animals in check. Here comes the Greatest Bites. Cue the music, boys. Ladies and gentlemen. I'm just glad I was there. Boys and girls. I thought he thought I was like this ginormous piece of chicken. Dying times here. I had a bunch of strict respect to my face. Sam, you have a what? This is Animal Thunderdome. All right, what you got for me, Danny G? Clay, this was tweeted to us hundreds of times, and I think you saw the picture. Two-headed viper. And it could end up in a Virginia zoo if it stops fighting with itself. That's what the headline says. And these are rare. A baby two-headed copperhead was recently discovered slithering around a family's yard in northern Virginia. According to the Wildlife Center of Virginia, they performed a medical screening on the snake a few days back. This rare conjoined serpent has two brains, two tracheas, and two esophagus, leading to a single shared heart and one set of lungs. Both heads are capable of catching and swallowing prey, and this is where the trouble is. They say that uh, based on the anatomy of this two-headed copperhead, it would be better for the right head to eat right now because the right head appears to have more of a developed esophagus. That's so the food creepy. ultimately goes to both, and the, and the snake, like this is terrifying to me, but the two snake heads are fighting against each other? Correct. Oh, my God. 
This is absolutely this is my nightmare. This is my nightmare to have two different snakeheads, and then the snakeheads like don't realize that they're connected to the same body, and so they're fighting against each other. All yeah, time. if you're this new, like if you're that, new to our show, Clay is like Indiana Jones. The his biggest fear is snakes. This is like that question that nobody knows the answer to, which will boggle your mind. What happens if a snake's What happens if a snake starts to eat its own tail? Just think about it for a minute. What happens? Like, how does that end? If a snake starts to eat its own tail and keeps eating its own tail, where does that end physically? Yeah. It's a it's a mind meld, right? Yeah. I've blown everybody's mind as they're driving into work across the country. And you're not going to be able to stop <laughs> thinking about it either. If a snake starts to eat its own tail, where would it end up? Like, how does that end? Like... If the snake continued, eventually it would devour itself. Like, I don't even know how that ends. That's why I don't trust snakes. I don't trust them. I'm a snakist. I would be fine if there were no snakes anywhere on the planet. What else you got for me? This story is equally as creepy. And during commercials, maybe you can YouTube it. Clay, in the Greek town of Atoliko, a webbed blanket is stretching more than 300 yards over their beach, covering plants, boats, and signs along the seashore. What's making this web? Hundreds of what are known as stretch spiders. They're harmless, pretty much harmless to humans, but the spiders, they do this because they're trying to catch mosquito and gnats. But people that are visiting the town are creeped out because every three to five years, there's a huge boom in the spider population there. We're pretty much everywhere in this Greek town. You find tons of spiders all over the place. That sounds like a movie. It really does. Like, and when you see this stretched out blanket, this web blanket, it looks like something from a horror movie. I, uh, by the way, speaking of horror movies, I was I went to go see that uh, Blake Lively movie with uh, the the little girl. Who's the little girl that's in the Blake Lively movie with her? And not Anna Faris. We were talking about Anna Kendricks. Anna Kendrick. Yeah. So in the Blake Lively movie, before it starts, and I continue to say Blake Lively is the best-looking woman in America right now. She's number one on She's the hotness hot. scale. Uh, here, they're doing a preview, speaking of horror movies, for the new Halloween. And I got to tell you, the preview that I saw for the 40th year anniversary of the new Halloween, Jamie Lee Curtis is in it. It looks phenomenal. Yes. I like horror movies. I haven't been to see the ones that I've liked the most recently are all the Conjuring movies, like the Conjuring 1 and 2 and like The Nun and Air, Annabelle or whatever that thing's called. All of those have been great. I got to tell you, this Halloween episode with Michael Myers back on the loose 40 years later, it looks like it's going to be incredible. It's the best thing. Is October the best month of the year? We're almost there. When we come back next week, I believe we'll officially be in October. And... I love when all the scary movies come out for Halloween. Everybody's got their Halloween costumes out. Uh, it is pretty outstanding. And so this huge spider takeover of the beach sounds like it could be a, a pretty cool setting for a horror movie at some point. Yeah, and you're right, because one of the really popular things for us in Southern California here is the Universal Studios, Not Scary Farm, Disneyland, where they all do the, they turn their theme parks into haunt houses. And this uh, stretch web spiders on the beach it looks like something that would be at one of those houses it's it's also really fun if you have young kids to get back into the trick-or-treating universe because my boys all go out and they get dressed up and we got a great neighborhood to go trick-or-treating in it's you know not hilly it's easy to walk around from one house to another 
and uh, every kid is just – I think Halloween is maybe the best. Again, if you had to rank the, the holidays, I think Halloween might be my favorite. Even though it's not really classified as a, as a holiday, if I were um, president and I could go back, I would knock out daylight savings time, right? I would never change the time. I would aggressively come in and I would say we're going to have two time zones. We're going to have an East Coast time zone. We're going to have a West Coast time zone. So everybody's within an hour of each other. And on top of that, I would also say the day after Halloween is a national holiday. Is there anybody out there that would oppose that? We have all these crappy holidays that nobody really needs, right? Like, and, and I don't want to take shots at the President's Day, but like, you get, we get a President's Day holiday. Is there really any need for President's Day? Is there really any need for Columbus Day? Like, if you had to choose between getting off President's Day or Columbus Day or the day after Halloween or even the day after the Super Bowl, for that matter, wouldn't America be a lot happier if we got every Monday after the Super Bowl off and if we got every day, every the next day after Halloween was a national holiday? I think you could run on that platform alone. Because... It stinks to be out, like you know, with with your kids running around, or the kids have to be back at a certain time because they got school the next day, and they're all hopped up on candy, and they're grumpy when they get out of school, get out the next morning. My one solution for this in general would be that, and and I think this should be the answer. I think the NFL should add a couple of more bye weeks to the season. I think it's crazy that an NFL season only has one bye week. I don't understand that at all. I don't understand why the NFL wouldn't want to extend its season a little bit on both sides, start a little bit earlier, finish a little bit later. I think the Super Bowl should always be the Sunday before President's Day so that effectively that Monday is a holiday for many people and it just turns into a great Super Bowl party weekend. So I would that's one solution there. But I don't know why Halloween is not always a national holiday. The other thing I would consider doing if people are like, well, you can't give a holiday after Halloween is, and I've been making this argument for a while, but I was thinking about it um, because my kids are going and we're starting to buy the Halloween costumes. Why not make Halloween the final Saturday of October every year? Instead of making it October 31st, I don't think there's any massive connection to October 31st. Why not make Halloween the final Saturday of every year? Tell me why that's not genius. I mean, we constantly, because some holidays, like nobody ever has any idea when Thanksgiving is going to be, right? It's the final Thursday of November, and so sometimes it can be like November 24th, and other times it can be November 30th. It's constantly shifting around. The same thing is true of Easter. No one has any clue when Easter is going to be. I mean, Easter is the craziest thing. I still don't understand how they decide when Easter is. Why not just pick for Halloween, make it the final Saturday of every October? Then you don't even have to worry about getting the day off. It's natural. It's a perfect fit. Now, some uh, some people out there say, well, that's when we have like kind of Halloween parties for adults. I understand that. But that seems like, relatively speaking, a nice solution to make Halloween. Either that or you give the day after Halloween off. I might take the day after Halloween off this year. It's a late night, early morning. I'd like to have a couple more drinks. Clay, you've driven through Atlanta many times. Oh, every time I go, I get stuck in traffic. Atlanta, one of the worst uh, traffic cities in the entire country. But yes, I have driven. I've been to Atlanta a ton of times over the years. Well, imagine slaughtering your own beef on the Atlanta interstate after a tractor trailer hauling them turned over. 
setting off a nearly 16-hour round roundup effort throughout two metro counties there. The truck was carrying 89 calves from Florida to northwest Georgia when it tipped over on I-285 East and the uh, 175 interchange in Cobb County. Some of the animals were trapped in the truck while dozens more spilled out on the interstate and several were hit by drivers coming around the curve of the exit ramp. So, I can't even imagine oh, what that did to morning rush oh, hour traffic in Atlanta, which is already awful. But oh, it was actually was the, it, was, it was afternoon drive. It says 11 cows were killed. Um, they finally captured the final cow uh, just after 4.15 p.m., but police were still searching into the late night. Reportedly, the cow jumped over the side of the road and into the woods. So, wait, 11 of them were killed by cars? Yeah. Oh, wow. That was a slaughter. It's a cow massacre. Man, Chick Fil A, uh, Chick Fil A. That's a hell. Of, they're based uh, in. They're based down in Atlanta. I knew eat more chicken. That's a tough. It's a massacre for the cows. That's a. Uh, that's a tough, <laughs> tough one for the knew, cow, eat more chicken campaign. I knew you were going to go there. What you got for me, Danny G? All right. Shout out to our big affiliate K Fan in Minnesota. Beware of birds flying under the influence, Clay, in Gilbert, Minnesota. Here is the story courtesy of Fox 9. Drunk birds are ruffling a few feathers in this Iron Range town. There are angry birds. And there are scary birds. But have you ever heard of drunk birds? Well, yeah, they're, they're intoxicated. There's no doubt about it. In Gilbert, Minnesota, about an hour north of Duluth on the Iron Range, the police department says it's gotten about a half dozen reports of birds that appear to be under the influence, flying into windows, cars, and acting confused. The department believes the birds are getting tipsy from eating fermented berries caused by an early frost. And many birds haven't migrated south for the winter yet. So the problem seems to be more widespread than in previous years. We've kind of nicknamed it berry benders now. Birds are on a berry bender because they'll take them, <laughs> they'll eat some of them, they'll get uh, intoxicated to that level. It seems like younger birds, uh, livers can't... Uh, process it as well and they seem to be a little more loopier i guess for lack of a better term drunk birds are totally thing uh i've had to give sober rides to cedar wax wings uh, uh from the uptown area <laughs> <laughs> the police call it berry benders that is a uh, interesting like why would you not get drunk if you're a bird i mean <laughs> i don't know you know on a day-to-day -day basis are the birds in really that much danger might as well get uh, get wasted yeah. it's a Exactly what uh, Eagle fans think on a regular basis, too. Uh, a bird leaning on that berry Kool-Aid. All right, uh, and then let's go to India right now. In did we ever get it, by the way, an update yeah. on the tiger killer in India? Did they, did they like the super tiger? Remember that story about yeah. the man-eating tiger? I, I haven't seen an update on that. We'll do a little research on that and see if anything pops up online. This also comes from India. A bus driver there in Karnataka, that's a state in southwestern India. Well, he's in trouble for letting a monkey sit on a vehicle steering wheel and help steer the bus. This video went viral on social media. It shows this bus driver holding on to the wheel of the bus with one hand while this monkey perched on the wheel stares the vehicle with his monkey hand. The Karnataka. Wait, wait, with his monkey hand? Well, I mean, with. With his well, monkey, with his hand. Yeah. Well, there you go. I mean, I guess like, the monkey would have a hand. Right? Well, we've like talked a, about this before. Monkeys are creepy. Remember, uh, Robert yeah. said they were creepy because they have hands like humans. 
the bus driver took one hand off the wheel and it looks like the monkey is helping him steer in the video and everyone's laughing on the bus. But the Karnataka State Road Transportation Corporation is not amused. They say the driver's been suspended from his duties while they officially investigate the incident. Officials said the monkey was a pet belonging to one of the passengers on the bus. I mean, they know that the monkey didn't actually drive the bus, right? Like, what are they going to investigate? I don't know. I mean, that would be a big upset if the monkey were able to also reach the pedals and steer the bus. Like, this seems to me to be a driver just having a little bit of fun. Now, I can also understand why you would be like, hey, there are, you know, I don't know, what, 40 people on the bus behind you or whatever the number is. You can't have a monkey sitting in your lap pretending that the monkey is driving the bus, but it's clear that the bus driver is just having fun here. So I don't know what the investigation is going to uncover. <laughs> that this was like a pet monkey that somebody that the driver got to put in his lap. Like this is an example of how if a video just goes out, everybody's yeah. like, oh my God, this is unbelievable. But what are you going to do? You're going to fire the guy because he's having fun at his job? Uh, it seems kind of crazy to me. Stare the bus, monkey. All right, here we go. We'll go to England now. The RSPCA said that they sent an inspector to a couple's home in Stockport, England. This couple, you're going to hate this, Clay. They spotted a snake when they opened their oven. Oh. <laughs> uh, the couple called the inspector to their home because when they went to their oven, they were trying to cook some fries, you know, in England, uh, chips, they call them. Well, they came face to face with an African brown house snake. All yeah, right, pause for here for All just right. a sec. There are, I believe, no snakes in Ireland, right? Like, that's the story. Like, St. Patrick, they chased all the snakes out of Ireland. Right. So, I believe there are no snakes in Ireland. Are there snakes in England? I guess so, according to this story. Well, I mean, this, this sounds like it's like a pet snake because this snake right. is an African breed of snake. Like, it seems like it would have had to get let loose into England. Like, I don't really think of... England as being a place where there are lots of snakes. So I, I guess what I'm asking here is, are there snakes that are on the loose in England? I ask because I'm flying to England on Saturday. <laughs> I'm doing the show from London for a week. And in my head, when I think of England, I think of it as being a snake-free zone. Like in, in, in the same way that Ireland is an island and there are no, no snakes on it, it seems to me that the same thing could be true of England. Well, that's a good call by you because later in this story... They say that the RSPCA is trying to find the animal's owner. Yeah, because yeah. people who have snakes as pets always lose them. If there's one thing we've learned from the Animal Thunderdome, it's that if you have a pet snake, it always gets out. The snake always gets out and disappears in somebody's house, in somebody's neighborhood, in somebody's city. Like, it is without fail, <laughs> every single person who's ever owned a snake has lost them before. Check this out really quick. The wife said, I gave the inspector a big hug and a cup of tea afterwards. Instead of having the idea of putting chips in the oven, I sent my husband to the fish and chip shop instead. Yeah, the big thing I have with the fish and chips in general, and I'm thinking about this uh, obviously as a part of this story, it's basically like Captain D's. The fish and chips is so wildly overrated. It's like the entire country is bragging about the fact that they have Captain D's. I mean, it's just fried fish, and some french fries. It ain't that impressive, England. All right. A man-eating tiger in India has killed 13 people. It's actually a tigress, meaning a female tiger, and they have been chasing this tiger trying to catch or kill it for six months in India. 
This is, I'm reading directly from the New York Times article. For the past six months, forest rangers in a wet and bushy patch of central India have been chasing a cunning female tiger suspected of killing 13 people. They have, there is a direct reading from the article. They have thrown just about everything they have at the tigress. Hundreds of foot soldiers to comb the jungle, bulldozers to clear it, sharpshooters, jeeps, camera traps, a thermal imagery drone, and five Indian elephants in hopes of surrounding the tiger so the veterinarians riding the elephant can dart the tiger. All right? No luck. So the Rangers plan to deploy a new weapon. I swear to God I am reading directly from the New York Times here. A bottle of Calvin Klein Obsession Cologne. This is real life. They have tried to catch this tiger using as follows. Sharpshooters, bulldozers, jeeps, hundreds of soldiers, camera traps, a thermal imagery drone, five Indian elephants in the hopes of surrounding the tiger. Now they have come up with their secret weapon, and I swear to God this is true, a bottle of Calvin Klein Obsession Cologne. The fragrance for men includes Civitone, a compound originally derived from the scent glands. Obsession has been billed as irresistible to women, but it is also scientifically proven to make wild cats go gaga. They roll around in it. They take huge sniffs. They luxuriate in the smell for several minutes. Whatever is in it, that's a direct quote, cats love it. A cat expert in Australia told Scientific American, they just seem to be in absolute heaven. Is this the most ridiculous plan you have ever heard in your life? If I had told you that the way to catch a man-eating cat is to deploy Obsession Cologne from Calvin Klein, this seems like the Hail Mary of all Hail Marys. This cat has killed this tiger 13 people. And by the way, you know what? I'm going to bring in the crew to start off hour two. <laughs> Hold on. Let me keep going here. There's another detail here that's also crazy. Um, one of the five elephants that they've been using to try to catch the tiger. This, by the way, the whole thing just needs to be a movie. If you're waking up right now in Hollywood or you're finishing off a bender in Hollywood right now and you are listening to this and you're not thinking to myself, my God, this is going to be an incredible movie. One of the elephants that they have been using to track the tiger got loose. I swear to God this happened too. The elephant got loose and rampaged through a village, smashing fences. It grabbed one woman with its trunk and slammed her to the ground repeatedly. And after killing her, the elephant stomped into another village where it headbutted a man walking down the road, leaving him with a deep gash in the forehead. And finally, they had a mahout, who that's a traditional elephant trainer. The rangers captured the escaped pachyderm. It was still dragging its enormous steel chain. So in addition now to deploying Obsession Cologne, one of the elephants that they were trying to use to track the tiger got loose and killed people in an Indian village. So the lesson here, I think that all we can all take away is, thank God we don't have to deal with tigers on a regular basis. I'm going to bring back everybody. I will open up the phone lines, 877-996-6369. Call it outside-the-box thinking or just pure desperation. India, their new plan to catch the man-eating 
Tiger is to spray Obsession Cologne one bottle. Maybe they need more Obsession Cologne. What are the odds this is going to be successful? And is this the most amazing Animal Thunderdome story of all time, Danny G? Yes, this is the most amazing story we've had since we started this a couple of years ago. I also read here, they call her T1. It says in the past few months, T1 has been spotted only a few times. As you mentioned, barely anyone have actually seen her. For just a few seconds, two rangers saw her. They sacrificed several horses to draw her out. She ripped into them. She ate them fast and then vanished. The rangers managed to dart her once, but the dart didn't stick, and she I gotta, slipped I away. I got to be honest with you. Maybe stop trying to tranquilize the man-eating tiger. <laughs> I don't know about you guys, but if a tiger has killed 13 people, I don't know why you're trying to keep the tiger alive. Maybe shoot the tiger. Also... <laughs> Can you imagine the outrage if, in America, they just gave over a couple of horses to the tiger to oh, try yeah. to uh, to try to try just to trap to, her? Yeah, and just see what this thing looks like. Ah, let's sacrifice two of our horses here. What are the? By the way, th- this is what I need you guys to do. You guys don't do very much. I don't think you work that hard. I want someone on this staff to get me Nawa Shafat Ali Khan the most famous tiger hunter in all of India. I want him on this show. That'll be easy. I'm guessing that he speaks English because they didn't say that they translated this uh, these quotes from you know Gujarati or whatever language he's speaking in India. So I want – this is your goal, all right? This is the mission. Whoever is able to get Nawab Shafat Ali Khan, any one of you right now, any one of the three of you in L.A., or dub back in Nashville, whoever is able to get Nawab Shafat Ali Khan, the most famous tiger hunter in all of India, on our show will receive a handsome reward. It will be something more than Obsession Cologne. (laughs) Not going to tell you what it's going to be, but you guys need to get to work. Somebody needs to track down Nawab Shafat Ali Khan. I want for an hour the most famous tiger hunter in all of India on this show to talk about tiger hunting. And by the way, if we get this dude, this tiger hunter on for an hour on this show, it'll be the most listened to <laughs> interview we have ever done in the history of the show. All right. So that is the goal. Get Nawat, sorry, Nawab Shafat Ali Khan, which is the most famous tiger hunter of all time. All right. Odds that the obsession cologne does the deal here and we catch the tiger. Well, as you as you mentioned last hour, it has civitone in it which is what draws cats to the scent. Kate Moss introduced Obsession in 1985, this says right here. Obsession clay is listed as peach, mandarin orange, sandalwood, oak moss, a sensual and alluring scent center. Con- I had I had Obsession. Did anybody else have a bottle of Obsession <laughs> cologne at any point? Yeah. What? In high school? High school. I, had a, I had a bottle of Obsession cologne. <laughs> Calvin Klein needs to add to their description and a T1 Tigress Trapper. What kind of awful luck would it be if you had just gone to India and you were like, hey, I'm going to go, you know, like tour India. <laughs> Mac and on you were chicks like, there. And, and you <laughs> took your obsession cologne and you got eaten by a tiger and everybody's like, I don't know why he picked that guy. And it's just because you had on the obsession cologne. You talk about a bad beat. That would be really tough luck. Like you're on some sort of Indian safari. Everybody's riding along on the elephants. And then out of nowhere – 
you're just like sitting up on top of the elephant and this tiger just comes flying out of the woods and takes you out. And people are like, I don't know why he picked that guy. And it turns out it's just because you had Obsession Cologne on. That's the definition of a bad beat. I Frankly, I don't know that you can even buy Obsession Cologne anymore. And by the way, this is the most pub that Obsession Cologne has gotten, I bet, since like 1991. I didn't even know they still made it. I, I swear, we might still have it. My, my, you know how, like, when you leave your house and, like, you go to college, your stuff that stays in the house, sometimes your dad gets it? It wouldn't stun me, I swear to God right now, if my old Obsession bottle of cologne is still in my dad's, like, medicine cabinet because I definitely did not use all that Obsession cologne. And there's no doubt my dad at any moment might just get killed by a tiger walking around in Nashville, Tennessee. Never know. Yes or no on whether the Obsession Cologne will be successful. Danny G. Uh, No, this Tigress seems way too smart with everything they've tried so far. I don't even think this is going to work. Roberto, successful or no? No, negative. Is this the most remarkable Animal Thunderdome story of all time? Sounds fake. Yeah, so good it sounds fake. It's so good. I mean, it's a huge article, thousands of words in the New York Times. It's such an incredible uh, article. Uh, Eddie Garcia, will it work? Uh, I have to uh, g- agree with everyone. I, the consensus, it is not going to work. Dub, does this work, this obsession cologne plan? I believe in Calvin Klein, honestly. And I, I think what they should do is just inject more Civitone into this cologne and in just enhance that uh, effect on this big That's cat. not a bad idea. Here's the other question. One of my buddies who's listening to the show this morning just asked, why wouldn't you put as much Calvin Klein Obsession Cologne as you possibly could? Like one bottle is fine, but why wouldn't you get like a massive sprayer like they do when they're Crop trying duster. to combat? Yeah, just an area <laughs> and just make it impossible for the Tigress to not know that the Obsession <laughs> Cologne is out there. Also, if India is willing to sacrifice a couple of good horses, why not take someone who's on death row out, just go. drench them in Civitone, and have them run across the brush field? As, a, as like human bait? Yeah. That would be, by the way, another amazing part of this story. If they did take a condemned prisoner who was going to be killed, and they said they took volunteers <laughs> in the prison, and they said, okay, we will give you... 10,000 rupees or whatever 10,000 like $10,000 in rupees if you will be willing to risk yourself and also if the tiger doesn't kill you you become free like that would be a pretty amazing story wouldn't it if I were a prisoner I'd be like okay I think I'll take those odds now it'd be scary but I think I would take those odds all right we're opening up the phone lines uh Paul Pabst has called in from the Dan Patrick show Paul is this the most crazy story you have ever heard I feel bad for these horses. These horses are sitting there in a barn somewhere, wolfing down some hay, minding their own business, giving these kids rides on weekends or whatever horses do over there. And all of a sudden, some guy leads them in the middle of the field and is just slathering them with cologne, with obsession. They're like, what? all right, so where are we going? On a big night out? Are they bringing over some ladies? Because, you know, you think I got cologne on, it's going to be a pretty good night. Next thing you know, you're bait. Did you ever have obsession cologne? You know, I think I was more of a polo guy back in the South Side <laughs> Chicago. That's right. That was, that was honestly the polo and the obsession cologne. If you were alive in like 1990 to 1993, mm-hmm. that was right. the wheelhouse. Everybody either had the polo. It might have been like 88 to 93 where polo and obsession cologne so I bet I bet if you looked at like a flow chart of cologne sales, right. like 1990 – Polo and Obsession were doing like billions of dollars a year. I didn't even know they still do they still make polo. 
I, I don't know, but if I remember the polo gift pack was like you got a polo uh, cologne, you got the Tommy Hilfiger shirt, you got jean shorts that were cuffed, and your hair was feathered. <laughs> That's all I remember. That was an amazing time. I don't even I don't know that many men who use cologne. Like I only for like a six month period when I had my obsession cologne did I actually use it. But I remember all every guy was either on the team polo or you were team obsession. And there was like a three-year period there where America in general was all in on cologne. Is it still like the the men still regularly use cologne? Like I, I think of it as like a really older man move. Well, I guess it's kind of like that country club guy with the V-neck sweater. Those guys still wear cologne, but normal middle-class married guys like us, we don't need to put that out there anymore. I mean, if you wear cologne, I think your wife might be mad at you, <laughs> or you're trying to cover up the fact that yeah. you were with a woman wearing perfume which is still very common. What do you think about the odds of this tigress being caught by, by using Obsession Cologne? Well, like you said, if you want to do that thing with the prisoners, I think you've got a great TV show. But, hey, i got to run right now because we just booked the, uh, the Tiger Killer for hours two of the Dan I swear, show. I swear to God, if you guys get the Tiger Killer from India on, I'm firing everybody on this show. Yeah, Dan's just got the, a lot of pull. I mean, if there's a tiger killer out there to book, Dan's going to find a way for us to get him. You, you guys had Drew Brees on yesterday. We had Petros Papadakis. So I'm just saying, if this show allows Dan Patrick to get the tiger killer, the Indian tiger killer on, you're all fired. Yeah, we had Matt Stafford at the Lions book today, but we had to bump him for the tiger killer if he can get him for the 10-15 <laughs> seconds. Dan Patrick dunks on me and gets the tiger killer on before me. This is not. This yeah, is unacceptable. But, but in show. all in all fairness, Drew Brees sounded like he was barely waking up, like wiping sleepies out of his eyes when yeah, he was on the, the DP show. Yeah, that's the excuse I would. That's the excuse I would make if I were you too. Yeah, they, you, we've you got think Petros he wants to wake up with you. No, I, I, my wife doesn't want to wake up with me. I'm sure that he doesn't. But if they can, we got Petros Papadakis. They got Drew Brees. I'm just saying, there's a difference in the quality of the guest. I think Cowherd got Drew Brees too, didn't he? Yeah, and Drew Brees sounded like he needed a nap when he was on with Coward. I think Drew Brees did every every other national radio show in the country. And if I swear to God, if I put on Dan Patrick or I put on Colin Cowherd and they got this tiger killer on, all of you are fired. You're so fired. you better get to work here. Somebody Somebody's going to get a massive reward. It's going to be like Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Everybody else is going to be jealous. The rest of you are going to get fired. <laughs> it's going to be an autographed copy of Clay's book. <laughs> That's that's invaluable, by the way. Uh, all right, all right. We're opening up the phone lines. Ralph in Coral Springs, what you got for me? Hey, what's up, Clay? How you doing? I'm doing excellent. Hey, Clay, I, I I was listening this morning, and yeah, you just brought up the drug car. I was I was born and raised in the Bronx. Nobody wore polo. The polo was for those preppy guys with the sculpted haircuts and the long necks and the uh, and the polo shirts. I mean, Dracar was, was that, that was the thing, Dracar and Obsession. And I have a bottle of Obsession at home. When's the last time you put on Obsession? Two weeks ago before I went to the Panthers game. <laughs> uh, good call from Ralph and Coral Springs. I'm trying to get in everybody here before we go to break. And again, maybe a blockbuster start of hour three. That's my tease right now. Mike, uh, let's see, who's up next? Mike in Indiana. What's up, Mike? Yeah, Clay, uh, I know you were wondering earlier, and I did a little Google research for you. You can still buy uh, Calvin Klein Obsession. I know I saw it at uh, Walmart, Kohl's, and Macy's. Interesting. So it's still available out there. Thanks for the update. There you go. If you need a cougar, go buy your Obsession cologne. Uh, Daniel in Fresno. What's up, Daniel? I, I just wanted to say that um, 
I think your radio show should do a drive where you're collecting like used or basically old bottles of obsession cologne and then send them over to India as an effort to try to capture the tiger. It's not a bad idea. A lot of extra, extra I, again, it would not shock me at all if my bottle from 1990 Obsession Cologne is still in my dad's closet uh, in, his, uh, in his medicine cabinet. So when I left home, it wouldn't surprise me if we still have it. We did never finish it. It takes a long time to get through one of those bottles. Uh, okay, we got Dave in L.A. He's a former perfume model. Is this real, Dave? You were a former perfume model? Okay, so during Christmas time and all that, we would sit there and we would spray ourselves and the mothers or girlfriends that would buy it for their uh, family or loved ones, we were just there just as a prop. You were a so salesman. Was- you weren't a perfume model. Like, I, I, the perfume. What, you would just stand with a bottle and try to convince women to buy your perfume. Right. But that's what they called it perfume model. Oh, wow. Okay. So, anyways, we were idiots at the time. So, just put us all in an airplane, send us over to India, and we'll just attract the damn tiger. When you were doing perfume modeling, what was the peak of the perfume model industry? Like, what was the best scent, the one that drove the ladies wild in the store? And what store did you work in? I worked in Macy's and Nordstrom. Okay, you, on yeah, you worked in both. What was the perfume that drove everybody crazy then? Uh, man, Pierre Cardin was, was huge, but Obsession was the biggest by far. All right, thank you for the call. All right. We have, yeah, I see. What what do we got here, Danny G? So after spending a half hour calling India, I have Nawab's manager on the line. This is the, uh, the man, the, so yes, the, India, the greatest Indian killer of all time yes. as a PR person? Yes, he's going to help us set the interview up for tomorrow. So are we going to talk to her live on the, the radio? Or well, it's a he, uh, yeah. He's on the line right now. Can you say hi to Clay Travis? Hi, Zeff. We're going to have Nawab on tomorrow? I'm not sure about it, sir. I'll just forward the message. Once it gets back to me, I'll just inform you. I'll, I'll send the details in the email itself. Oh, this is this is big. Yes. All right. Uh, all right. This is big, potentially. We are so close to getting him. He is in the field, according to his manager. Three hours ago, he went out in his Jeep to the field, which is why he wasn't there at the office. So we have his management's number. He also asked for a formal email with our phone numbers. I sent that off to him, and he's telling me that he's going to forward that email to Nawab's phone, and he will then set up a live interview on the air with Nawab. This will be incredible. You will deserve a reward. Do we know what the time zone yes. issues are in India right now? So like it what is, time is it there? It is the 5 p.m. hour there right now. All right, so they're a day basically ahead of us. They are like 12 hours ahead of us-ish right now in India. So we would get him live in the afternoon after a day of tiger hunting. Exactly. Maybe even on the day where he gets the tiger. Yeah, well, he, and his manager wouldn't be specific, but when he says he's out in the field, what else would he be doing, right? Spraying obsession cologne and trying <laughs> to catch the tiger. This is going to be an incredible interview if it happens. Do we know what hour we would get him? Because we're going to have to bump everybody. No. Obviously, as you heard when you were trying to talk to him, it's a little hard to communicate because his English is not that good. So I took Probably a, better at reading. Yeah. Took a couple of different phone conversations. 
secretary gave me his number when I called the office to begin with. So they bounced me around to three different people to get to the manager. So at least we're now to his manager. I love the fact that the tiger killer has like a PR person. (laughs) I don't even have a PR person. People just call me and they're like, hey, can you do X? And I'm like that. The tiger killer in India has got like a team of people that we have to go through. Fingers crossed. What do you think that if you were setting the odds or setting a percentage chances, what do you think the chances are we talk to him this week? A lot of it's going to be based on what exactly he's busy with out in the field. If he's going to big time us and say he doesn't have time for media until this Tigress problem is solved, then it seems like we're going to have to wait until he's done killing this Tiger. It seems like when he gets back to camp, we would have time. You know, I'm not an expert on what they do in the Tiger camp when they're not actually searching for the Tiger, but it seems like typically when you're hunting, you have a lot of downtime. Now, we don't want to throw off the tigress hunt by suddenly, like, he's talking to us on the <laughs> on the phone and they haven't seen the tiger in months and suddenly the tiger appears and, like, we, we scare him off because he's having a phone conversation with us. Uh, but this has the potential to be the greatest interview we've ever done. You never know what you're going to get on this show. We have now Nawab Shafat Ali Khan, one of India's most famous tiger hunters. I believe he is on the line with us from the tiger hunting camp in India. Mr. Khan, how are you? Yes, hello. This this is Nawab here. You are right. now. Yes, I appreciate you joining us. Thank you so much. Uh, You are in a camp hunting a man-eating tiger right now, correct? Absolutely true, yes. What is the latest on the tiger hunt? You see, this is one of the most challenging and difficult operations of the century where it involves four tigers. The main uh, man-eater is a tigeress called T1, and she has two cubs which are about 10 months old, and they have also tasted human flesh. So we have orders now to tranquilize the mother and the cubs, and if that is not possible, to eliminate her by shooting. What is, when, an, when a tiger tastes human flesh, what happens? Do they continue to eat it? Do they like it? What happens there? Uh, it's much easier to hunt a human being compared to any other animal in the wild. Because the natural prey of tigers, that's wild boar and other herbivores, they can smell a tiger and get away, whereas a human being is completely breathed of the power of smell, and he becomes an easy prey. And especially when there are cubs at heel, it's easy for the tigers to catch human beings and feed them. And once they start feeding on human beings, they realize that the meat is softer and easier for the cubs to chew, and um, it's much easier to hunt. So that's why once they become man-eaters, they continue to kill human beings, and that becomes a very serious matter. So far, 14 innocent people have lost their lives to this tigress. 14? 14, one four. Wow. Uh, and how long have you been trying to hunt and catch or kill this tigress? Operation has been going on for last one and a half years, but I have been involved by orders of the Honorable Supreme Court of India, 
and I'm here for past one week. How long do you think it will take to catch or kill the tiger? It's very difficult because the monsoons are just over and the tall grass and bushes are making my operation difficult and the tiger is, is become extremely elusive. Three attempts to tranquilize her have failed. She has become extremely clever now and avoiding human beings. So it's a very challenging operation and I think it will take a considerable amount of time by the time we zero on to her. How many tigers have you killed in your life? About seven man-eaters. Seven different man-eating tigers? Yes. What, in what way do you typically kill the man-eating tiger? You see, once they become man-eaters, their body language changes. Because man is not a natural prey of any of these cats. So we have to differentiate. We, with my experience, I can make out by seeing a tiger, whether it's a normal tiger or a man-eater. And by this, we identify them. And I use a heavy rifle. I use a 458 Winchester Magnum, which is incidentally an American weapon. And, uh, uh, and we uh, shoot them with that. Have you ever come close to being attacked or harmed by a tiger while trying to kill one of these man-eating tigers? Yes, several times I have had very close shaves in my life. How close? How close did it come to the tiger being able to harm you? I have shot a tiger when he was three feet away from the barrel of my rifle. Wow. Running at you. Running at me, charging at me. After taking two bullets from a 458 Magnum, it came for me. And the last shot that I took uh, in between its eyes, the tiger was hardly three feet away from me. So you have elephants. How are the elephants used to help catch the tigers? Elephant can maneuver uh, into the jungle where no other vehicle can go. And uh, it moves silently. So we are at an advantage of height. And plus, the elephant has a super developed sense of smell. So the uh, intelligent hunting elephant will indicate to its driver that there is a tiger in the area. And that gives us a fraction of a second uh, to get alert. We're talking to Nawab Shafat Ali Khan. He is one of India's most famed tiger killers. He has killed seven man-eating tigers. He is looking for a tiger that has killed 14 people in India right now. You are talking to us from the tiger hunting camp. What is the day-to-day tiger hunting like for you? You wake up in the morning and do what? Take us through your day as you stalk and pursue this tiger. We have a very tight schedule. I'm working for almost 20 hours a day. And um, morning, night, we set up 90 camera traps in the area. And morning, I check all those cameras to see if there is any image of the man-eater. And once we get this image, then we tie baits and we make platforms on the trees. And I have my son, Azra, with me. We put him up on a machan. Then during the day, if any of the shepherd has 
had a direct sighting of the animal. Then I go there with my team and I try to flush the tiger out because it's a desperate situation. The farmers here are up in arms and it's, it's a very, very serious matter. 26 villages are affected and about 30,000 men are not able to come out of their houses. Nobody knows if one will get back home or he'll be killed by the man-eater. So the matter is, the situation is extremely tense, and we are working round the clock. I drive around the entire night with spotlights, just trying to see if I can get get a glimpse of the man-eater. But she's become so clever now that for past one week, we haven't had a direct sighting. What? Uh, how did you become a tiger killing uh, expert? You said you've killed seven man eating tigers in your life, and we're talking again uh, to uh, Nawab Shafat Ali Khan. How did you decide or become a tiger expert, and how did you go about killing your first tiger and hunting him when he was killing people? We belong to the royal family of Hyderabad, and my late grandfather Nawab Sultan Ali Khan Bahadur was advisor to British government on man-animal conflict, and he was an expert on rogue man-killing elephants. So I grew up in an atmosphere where man-animal conflict and problem animals stories dawned the dining table every day. And as I grew up with my grandfather, I would see him go out and track tigers, identify man-eaters, reading pug marks, studying the psychology of these cats and rogue elephants. So the atmosphere of the house always circled problematic elephants. And my grandfather was advisor to the British government for almost 20 years. And uh, in 1972, when the Wildlife Protection Act came in India and a total ban on hunting was introduced, all the gentlemen hunters and, and the sportsmen hung up their weapons and there was a vacuum in the country for someone professional. I shot my first rogue elephant that had killed 12 people when I was just 19 years old. And after that, I have conducted 24 operations for the government of India, wherein I have shot rogue elephants, man-eating leopards, man-eating tigers, and now I'm into tranquilizing of these dangerous animals. I have tranquilized the rogue elephant. Last year, I tranquilized the man-eating tigeress. So, and I'm also a former national shooting champion in India. So with my shooting background and the tranquilizing expertise, I'm the man the government of India looks to whenever they have a problem. This is an amazing story, and we're talking again uh, across the nation. You are hearing from Nawab Shafat Ali Khan. Have you ever tracked a tiger that has killed more than 14 people, or is this the most deadly tiger you can recall in India? No, this is the most deadly tiger that I'm working on. And as I told you, there, there are two cubs with this tigeress which are almost 10 months old which means they are bigger than a jaguar you get in America. Oh, so wow. all, these, all these three animals are moving together. It's become all the more difficult and risky for me. And then apart from this, 
the father of the two cubs, the, uh, the male adult tiger, which we have labeled as T2, is also in the same area. That tiger I cannot shoot. I have to eliminate only the mother because in DNA tests, the saliva of T1, the mother of the two cubs, has been found on human bodies that were killed. So now I have orders to eliminate the uh, T1, which is the mother, and capture the two cubs. So it's a very, very challenging operation, and I have never done anything, and I have never worked on any tiger that had killed so many people. Last right. year, I shot a rogue elephant, a rogue elephant last year in Jharkhand, which had killed 15 people. We are talking, this is an amazing story. So I read the New York Times had a big article, which is where I've been following this case. Um, and by the way, can we get you to call in with us weekly and update us as you continue this pursuit of the tiger? Would you be willing to do that? Definitely, definitely. It will be an honor for me. But the only problem is I had to come out of my camp because where my camp and where the tiger is, is there is no mobile network. Yes. So I had to travel 15 kilometers for a better mobile network. And I'm, uh, it will be a pleasure um, talking to my brothers in America. And I assure you, once this operation is over, I'll come over to America for a live show with you. Oh, 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 this is, this is incredible. All right, last question for you. Um, what is it about Obsession Cologne that you guys are trying to use obsession cologne to attract the tigress that has killed 14 people in India so far. Uh, what makes that potentially effective? Uh, when I don't agree with that, because I have tried various uh, methods, it, it may work on a normal tiger or a tigress, but manitas become extremely clever and all these things don't work. We've always followed the traditional method of identifying pug marks, reading pug marks, and following them on foot, where it's a very, very challenging and dangerous operation. You're walking with a rifle ready and a round in the chamber, and you're following a man-eater, expecting a charge any moment. That is the only thing that's been done in this country, and we continue to do that. Nawab Shafat Ali Khan, we can't wait to get an update. Stay safe, sir. We appreciate the time, and I can't wait to talk to you again. Thank you so much. God bless. Not going to lie, that's the greatest interview I've ever done in the history of my radio career. Nawab Shafat Ali Khan, major rewards coming for Danny G for making that happen. That was an unbelievable interview. You can react to it at Clay Travis on Twitter. Uh, keep him on the line if you can, Danny G, and figure out how we can schedule a time to get a weekly update from him until he comes to America and comes in studio with us. My God, I'm just giddy thinking about it all. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. 
I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at, at First, first Listen. Listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts. Of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Do you love Selena? Like, really love? Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stan the Queen of Tejano. And stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon.